great to be able to start this morning with you and to be able to uh, share with you what God is uh, just drawing my attention to. Uh, as always, uh, just to remind you of my standard disclaimer, as it were, uh, these are all lessons I'm learning. These are all lessons that uh, I find coming to me afresh. Uh, these were lessons I had, had some of them had learned and shared about and uh, in different settings. But as I've done it uh, again, I'm thinking, oh, wonderful how God keeps renewing his word and uh, helping us see truth in it. Uh, yesterday, just to recap what we uh, looked at from the story of Elijah, which is what we are tra traveling through. Uh, we've been traveling through chapter 19. And chapter 19 uh, is really uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this up and down uh, chapter, as it were, begins with uh, uh, the end of uh, the wonderful victory that uh, Elijah's had on Mount Carmel and the persevering in prayer and the uh, rain that comes after three, over three years. And then this amazing hand of God that comes on him and he goes uh, f uh, so fast and then and then the threat and uh, and then the fear and uh, then you know then we see him dropping physically as it were into the valley as he goes away from the mountain and as he makes his um, way towards the next one which we'll see um, but we see physically he's in this valley but emotionally also he's been in the valley and yesterday we saw how in the valley the revelation of God that comes to him as the one who is the lifter of our heads Psalm 3 verses 3 and 4 says you know God is the one who lifts our head up and uh, friends I want to commend that verse to you because we live in times when um, our head can drop very quickly um, someone in our family gets a fever, uh, we immediately have anxiety gripping our hearts and um, we begin, oh gosh, is this, is this the virus or, or something else we hear about. We, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we wake up with a bit of anxiety. I was listening to another leader recently and she said, uh, I, I dread what, I, what text will be there on my phone in the morning. And uh, sometimes that, that is just, that is the life we live. And so it's very good to remember that in this life, in this valley situations, God is the lifter of our heads. And we see how he lifts Elijah with no condemnation, instead is very compassionate to him, giving him practical assistance and then very helpfully pointing him forward. The Apostle Paul, you remember, said in Philippians chapter 3, I forget what lies behind me and I press forward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Daily, friends, we have to orient ourselves in God. If God is the lifter of our head, then he must be also the one who points us forward. Today, we move on in the narrative uh, uh, of um, of the story and uh, we will uh, I won't read it because it's a long passage but you will see the how uh, God says to uh, Elijah just start again uh, the passage is first Kings chapter 19 uh, verses uh, 9 to 18 it's a longish passage it's a passage where really God is having this conversation uh, with him and and central to that conversation is a question that is repeated twice um, it's a question that uh, comes first uh, to Elijah uh, in in uh, verse uh, 13 when God says to him 
what are you doing here, Elijah? Sorry, this is the second time. Uh, pardon me. This is the second time that the uh, the, the question has come uh, to Elijah. The first time uh, it comes in verse nine, where God says to him, "And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah?" And uh, we'll see this question being a key question uh, in this passage. And we see how Elijah's in this cave and. God tell, asks him what he's doing there and gives him some instructions. And we see three things that happen around this question. But the here in the question is very important. It's very, uh, very, very important because uh, this particular mountain is Mount Sinai. And you know your Bible history, you know Mount Sinai is most famous for the way Moses and the people of Israel encountered God when God gave them the Ten Commandments. You know the two trips that Moses made. The first trip he made, God wrote uh, on, the, uh, on the stone tablets and gave him the Ten Commandments. But as he was coming down, he, he heard the noise of what Joshua, his assistant, thought was war. But instead it was uh, idolatry. And uh, Moses broke those tablets and, and, and made them uh, drink the powdered uh, water, as it were, uh, because of what uh, they had done. And then he goes up again in the mountain and once again God meets with him. Remember also in that whole context how the people were so afraid of the presence of God. They Because the presence of God came heavy on the mountain and the, it was said that the earth shook even. And uh, we see that uh, how um, uh, th th there was fire and smoke and it was quite a, a terrifying spectacle. And, and that's the question that God is asking Elijah. What are you doing here? And uh, I've observed in scripture very often, you see this with Jesus, very often God asks a question, not because he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> there is nothing that God doesn't know. God's not asking a question to get some new information. God always asks questions for the benefit of the one being questioned. God always asks questions for the benefit of the one being questioned. And in our walk with God, we must be open to the questions of God the questions of God come to us as we find ourselves mirroring our lives being mirrored in the life of Elijah. The questions of God come to us as we track through scripture. The questions of God come to us in our own walk with God as God reveals his will to us in our hearts. But the questions of God are never so that he might know some answers that he didn't know before. The questions of God are always for our benefit. And indeed this question which is repeated twice is for Elijah's benefit because there are three things that are happening in this passage very quickly. Number one, Elijah is going to have a fresh encounter with God. He's going to have a fresh encounter with God. Friends, you can see this pattern throughout scripture. Lives are transformed as people encounter God. We have been looking at briefly at four people who, uh, who had run away. And, uh, and they encountered God and their lives were transformed. We looked at how Moses encountered God in the burning bush. We saw how Jonah encountered God in the belly of the fish. We saw how Peter encountered God when Jesus, after his resurrection, asked questions. Here again, in our fourth example, we see Elijah having this fresh encounter with God. 
we read over here that there in, in verse 11, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, reminiscent of the past and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind because it's very important to notice that Elijah, God is not going to meet Elijah just in the way he met Moses. God is going to meet Elijah in a fresh way. And I want to encourage you today to expect God to meet you in a fresh way today. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God meets Elijah with a gentle whisper. And it's very important that we do not box God into ways he might have encountered others or even ourselves. It's very important to come to God expecting him to meet us in fresh ways because the mercies of God are new every morning. So Elijah has this fresh encounter. Secondly, Elijah has a fresh commission. He receives a fresh commission. As he encounters God, God says to him in verse 15, Go back the way you came here and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Ebel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. God gives Elijah a new commission, a fresh commission. Remember, God has already been pointing Elijah forward. Now he gives him a fresh commission. And today I want to say to you that although we have a broad and general commission, which we call the Great Commission, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, within that great and grand commission, we also are called to do a certain work. We are also called to do a certain role in the city where we live, in the place where we are. Notice the particularities of the people and places that God is sending Elijah to. In the same way, God will give us particular places and people to go to. That becomes God's mission to us. So today, who is God going to speak to us to go and speak to and share with, pray with, encourage? Because that is God's fresh commission to us. And friends, we can have this on a regular basis with God as he adjusts us, as he makes us um, in, confirm to his plans and, and, and his purposes. So Elijah gets a fresh commission. Thirdly, Elijah now has to uh, come to terms with a new or come to terms with a fresh reality. You know the question that God asks Elijah twice? What are you doing here, Elijah? Both the questions Elijah answers in exactly the same words. You can look it up in the text. He answers it exactly in the same words, first time and the second time. It's almost like, God, if you didn't get it the first time, I'll tell you the second time. But God is asking him the question not once but twice to awaken Elijah to a fresh reality. But look at Elijah's answer. Elijah's answer on both occasions is, very self-centered, very self-pitying because he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death. They, they're all bad God. They're, they're all the wicked ones. They don't follow you. They've gone against you. But, but, but I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. Notice the self-pity there. He's still in the valley in his soul. And God is going to awaken him to a new reality. And the fresh reality that God wants him to awaken to is found in the last verse of this section. Where we read, 
God saying, uh, giving, having given him the commission, God says to him, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Elijah, you think you're the only one? No, 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 no. Actually, the reality is I've got 7,000 more people who have not bowed the knee. And that helps me because very often when I am struggling, when I'm in the valley, my reality is shaped by my emotion and my, my struggle. What is very important to encounter God and to hear his voice and to awaken to this fresh reality. And this is the fresh reality. This is the commission and encounter that we must be awakening ourselves to every day. Because in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10, a passage that we would do well to memorize, we are given the new reality. We are given, uh, we are given uh, what our uh, uh, commission is and we are, we are also have the opportunity to encounter God. Because while we were dead because of sins, God who is rich in mercy has made us alive. And so all of us who uh, have, were living that way, God has made us alive. He's raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Friends, that is our reality. That we have been raised with Christ. That we are seated with Christ. These are our realities. And our hope is that, as, as we're told over here, that it is uh, that, that in the ages to come, he will show his, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. We sometimes live in the past. We struggle in the present. But God is always lifting up our heads to look at the future. And, and, and what, what is in our future is that God is committed to showing his incomparable grace in and through us. So that is our commission. That is our, that is our hope. That is our reality. But also we have a commission at the end of that passage. We are told that we've been saved not by works. We've been saved by grace and we've been created as his good workmanship as for his good works. We are God's good workmanship for God's good works. That's who we are. That, that was the reality that Elijah had to wake up to that. God, had a, God still had a plan for him. God still had a purpose for him. It was not the end. It was, it was just an interim. It was going to be a fresh start. And perhaps today, God would give you a fresh start. Perhaps today, God would call you to doing something new. Perhaps today, God would help you awaken to this new reality, to wake up to what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. Don't allow your reality, please, to be defined by what you feel, but let your reality be defined by what Scripture tells us. Let us behave according to what Scripture tells us, not according to how maybe our negative emotions speak to us. I want to commend that to you. These are lessons I'm learning. These are truths I'm grappling with. And, and you have to fight for this, these truths. It's never easy. It's, all, it's almost always hard because there is a battle that's going on between our emotions and what we are feeling and how low we are and, and what God is putting before us. Elijah went through it. He was a man just like us. Uh, that's why we've been looking at him. And uh, we, see, we will see, um, perhaps week after next, how God lifts him up and gets him onward. And of course, as you know, he has a great ending. 
And that is what we are pressing forward to. So God bless you today. And may you know this fresh reality. May you hear a fresh commission as you have a fresh encounter with him. God bless you. Mm -hmm.